and Condon. Ken Miller. Trent Condon. Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. Good morning. Welcome in once again. Miller and Condon on the air with you. Back at it on a Monday as we talk the world of sports and sports adjacent here in the coming weeks and months as we continue on. Ken Miller joining us here from back in Ankeny. But, Ken, that's going to change how you said uh, on tomorrow's program as we're going to be getting beginning a new portion of our program during this time with sports obviously not being in the spotlight of things. We're going to do something uh, we've labeled restaurant radio. Is that what we're going with here? Hello, Ken. I, ha- I I hear him in the background. I hear him there. Yeah, Trent, I'm here. Sorry, okay. I, I lost you for a second. Okay. I lost the connection. Uh, the, for, well, last week was so was so smooth, it right? Was, I hope this yeah. isn't a precursor of things to come. <laughs> uh, no, I heard your I heard your introduction, and I went to respond to you, and um, and uh, it, it 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 crapped out. Anyways, yes, uh, restaurant radio. I guess that's what we're going to call it in the beginning, although it, I do get the sense that we're going to branch out a little bit because we've had some requests for, you know, I own a small business. Is there any way you can help me out? And um, I, I don't know. We're certainly not going to say no to that, right? So um, the first week is going to be for restaurants. We're full up tomorrow. We hope that on Tuesdays and Thursdays we can... Well, it's going to be a work in progress. I mean, tomorrow we hope to get between 15 and 20 different restaurants to come on one after another. So in fairness to you, I think it'll be a whole lot easier for us to pull this off if uh, I'm in studio with you tomorrow and Thursday during the show. And then I'll get back to isolating myself for the other three days of the week. And I'm certainly grateful for you and others for allowing me to do that in these times. But yeah, Trent, the response has been unbelievable. Uh, we're going to... Uh, go around uh, central Iowa. You know, we've got to, we've got people in Ames that are going to come on and have asked us to, you know, can you, uh, is this a Des Moines only uh, endeavor? And the answer is absolutely not. If you're within the sound of 1460 or 106.3 and you'd like a couple of minutes to, you know, share with uh, with our audience what your plans are for trying to keep your doors at least uh, your business rolling. Maybe the doors won't be open to customers, but they'll be open as far as pickup or curbside pickup to go orders, delivery orders. So we're going to give Central Iowa businesses, restaurants to begin this week an opportunity to, um, you know, to share their message and to get their message out there to, uh, to folks that may drive by that on the way home from work or, you know, I've always mean, been, I've always wanted to stop there. Well, now's a perfect time. And I know Central Iowa responded, uh, in a huge way this over the weekend, Trent, I saw more pictures of food and to-go boxes <laughs> on my Twitter feed uh, this last couple of days. So that that's good news that it's working, but we can do our part, and we've got a, uh, two pretty big signals behind us, and we're going to share some of those messages starting tomorrow. And if you did not get on board yet, we've still got some slots for Thursday. Uh, simply email me, kenmillershow at gmail.com, kenmillershow, gmail.com. Leave a phone number, leave your business name. I'll reach back out to you, give you a time slot when we will call. 
and uh, get you on and let you, you know, share with our audience what you're trying to accomplish here in these in these um, in the times that we're living in. And one other thing, Trent, just real quick, because I've had this asked a couple of times in emails I've gotten. Is there a charge for this? And, and the answer is no, there's there's nothing. Um, and, and we're not going to bother you once the country gets back up and running to, you know, to, to advertise on our show. We're going to I'm going to forget about you. For in in that respect, uh, but come on on, no charge, no catch. Um, tell the folks out there what you're planning on doing. It we'll start it on Tuesday. We'll carry it over on Thursday, with the right to expand uh, if the demand is there. It's a great idea. I'm looking forward to it. Looking forward to spotlighting a lot of these businesses and what they're going through and what we can do. Certainly on our side of things to help. That'll be restaurant radio coming your way. Tuesdays and Thursdays here on Miller and Condon. Today on the BMW of Des Moines guest list, we got Scott Dockerman. We'll talk a little Hawkeyes and kind of the future there. And then Dylan Motz will be with us in the 11 o'clock hour talking with Dylan about Hmm. his career, his decision to walk away from sports media. Now, he made the decision before everything started to go really deep in with COVID-19. This was a decision that he'd been thinking about contemplating for a while, but his career is it officially over now, Ken? Do you know? Well, he's uh, he's taken a new job in the IT world, and it, it certainly seems like that. He's he's moved from Central Iowa, Dylan. I, I think he um, he's, he's well. He's in North Liberty now. I don't think that that's okay. sharing anything that he wouldn't want shared, but. Um, yeah, it's um he he's in North Liberty. He's left the uh left the newspaper business. Look, the the writing was on the wall sadly when the Register and the Ames Tribune um when the uh, parent company the Register bought the Ames Tribune, certainly there wasn't a call for four uh writers covering Iowa State. Of course, Birchie and Petey were already there and they're doing it they do a terrific job with the Register and Travis Hines and Dylan Montz were doing likewise with the Ames Tribune, but now that those two papers have combined it was um you know sadly one of them uh was was going to uh have to find something else to do in all likelihood that's the um Sadly, that's the uh, era that we're in with newspapers and businesses of the like. So, yeah, Dylan was so good to us, Trent, over the years, whether it be on the road covering games or joining us a couple of times a week and was up at these press conferences and was, um, you know, doing what uh, what journalists do and then would come on and, and share that information with us. And there were many times, as you know, that, you know, he would get out of a press conference and we were beyond the air from either uh, at this time and, you know, he would jump on before he would begin uh, typing on his keyboard. So we're grateful to him and wanted to have him on one more time, you know, essentially to thank him for what he did and share some of his memories of covering Iowa and Iowa State basketball as he has, first at the uh, Cedar Rapids Gazette and then um, as of late, uh, the last few years at the Ames Tribune. Hey, going to be fun talking with him and uh, recapping maybe some of those great moments, the highlights, some of the lowlights also. I'm sure we'll creep into our conversation that will come your way in the 11 o'clock hour. And also another friend of the program is going to join us late here in hour number one. That's Dr. Stephen Fuller with Fuller Family Dentistry. He's been behind the ticket giveaways that we've had for Iowa football, Iowa basketball, the contests that we've done a locally owned business, a dentist that has a lot of ties to the University of Iowa. It's not just him. It was his dad, other family members that have gone to the University of Iowa through the dentistry program there. But you know, this is such a crazy time because 
Elite Eye Care. They do, of course, eye work, as mm-hmm. you hear here on our program. And they made the decision that they are closing their business in the coming weeks if you had an appointment set up just to get your eyes checked. But again, for those people that have emergencies come up and it happens right. in the dentist chair, it happens with eye care, it happens in all these other walks of not really what we're talking about as it pertains to COVID-19, but the different things that still come up to you, you know, day after day after day, these places, the decisions that they have to make. And Dr. Fuller is going to join us to talk about his decision with Fuller Family Dentistry. And it was a decision that uh, weighed heavy on him, Trent. I, I spoke with him a couple of times this week, and the reason I want to do it is because that uh, you know the decision that he has to. It's because it's more than just his patients, right? It's his staff, and of course that he that he cares very much about. And I kind of the way I started it, and I'm not selfishly, but from from uh, from my perspective is, you know, I had a horrible. I mean, I had a a root canal, right? And a lot of people have had root canals. And a lot of folks know that, you know, the pain that they're going through and on top of everything else that we are now experiencing with stay home and stay in the house and don't go out unless you absolutely have to, which, by the way, is the right decision. And I highly encourage everybody to follow um, to follow those guidelines. But I couldn't imagine of having to live with what I was going through for two or three weeks while the dentist was closed. So I, I you know, I reached out to Doc Fuller and I asked him, you know, what are you going to do? You know, if this had been two weeks ago, are you telling me that I couldn't have showed up in your chair and you wouldn't have got the ball rolling for me to get my root canal and then eventually get my tooth capped and he said that you know t- teeth cleaning for instance right yeah. you got your s- six month checkup or whatever but we're not going to do those or he's not going to do those but if you have an emergency I think a lot of dentists are going to keep their doors open uh, under those circumstances. If you're getting your teeth clean, that's something that can wait. But, you know, if you've got tooth decay or a cavity or excruciating pain in your mouth, um, you, 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 you're wanting to get that looked after. And the thing that stuck with me when I talked to him about it was just the fact that he said how many of his patients actually thanked him last week for being there. And if they're thanking Doc Fuller for that, I'm guessing that, you know, patients throughout Central Iowa feel the same way. In a, uh, a lot of gratitude uh, for those businesses being there when they need them most. And it's emergency care and everybody's got to take precautions. But I wanted to uh, bring Doc Fuller on to talk about that aspect of what we're going through. That's coming your way here at about 10.50 this morning. Right now, Ken, uh, a look back at the weekend that was, at least in the world of sports, of course, nothing live going on except for Friday night. I found line programming over on Fox (laughs) Sports 1. It was Aussie Rules football, and uh, I will tell you, I did not understand it in the least, but I was into it, and I watched it way too much. The referees, when they make a a good call, basically, when they kick it through, the goofiness as they point a couple of fingers out they look like goobers when they're doing it i was chuckling at that i had a couple of pops watch something i had no idea and of course you know me i also had to bet at the stupid thing and i came up on the losing end of that one yeah it's crazy i mean of course you had to bet on it yeah i don't i don't understand it at all trent I, i've never played the game of rugby i've never uh, taken the time to learn the game of rugby but i remember and i didn't see that um but I do recall that there was the guy that used to, I don't know if he's an official or whatever he is, he wears a sport coat and he had fedora, and he would stand right under the goalpost, and whatever would cause him to, you know, to do that motion with his with his arms uh, going down with his fingers pointing forward, I, I got such a kick out of that dude. So I'm assuming that, you know, it's a different guy that's doing that now, but... 
I mean, how do you follow along if you don't know what it's rugby and cricket are really the two international games for me that I am totally clueless what I'm watching or attempting to watch and honestly don't spend too much time watching because I have no idea what's going on. So how do you, other than the fact that you've got a wager on the game, (laughs) actually get interested in this? Because it was live programming. It was live sports and it was something I didn't know what the outcome was going to be in the end and that's how at least I got into it and I saw a couple people were tweeting about it so I jumped on pretty early I mean it was it was five ten minutes into the match so it wasn't very deep did a little research as quickly as I could and then made a wager on it to uh, to see if I could come out I didn't understand it. it there was no flow to it I I know rugby at least a little bit but even with that it was so difficult to follow what they were trying to do I was like you and completely out but it was entertaining. I guess I got what ninety minutes probably of entertainment out of it overall. So that at least kept me kept me engaged for a while. But then the sad news is they had one more game. I think that was on Saturday that was also televised. I didn't watch much any of that, but it was announced then over the weekend that that was going to be it. Their games over the weekend. They're shutting things down again till May. Oh wow! As they didn't have people in the stands, there was nobody there at least as it pertains to fans in the stands. It was an empty stadium. But even with that. They're going to be shutting down the Aussie rules football, and that's not going to be happening now for the next couple of months. Yeah, I'm not surprised, Trent. It's uh, it's all over the world, right? And uh, they're they're doing the right thing and, and good for the. Uh, I don't know if it was the players, if they have an association, but whoever made that decision is doing the right thing. You know what dawned on me as far as sports is concerned over the weekend is William Hill put out their their win totals for the upcoming NFL season, right? Did you see that? William Hill released, I think it was Saturday, the win totals for the 32 teams um, in, in the NFL. So I retweeted that. You know how many people retweeted my retweet? How many? Zero. Oh, really? Not a single one, oh. which tells me, and, I, and I'm, I'm not saying this is a bad thing. I think this is a good thing, that this tells me that, you know what? At least for now, maybe sports has taken a back seat. Maybe, you know, maybe we all need to reset. And, and certainly I'm in that group as well. And to maybe not make it as an important uh, thing in their lives. Uh, but, you know, when I, when I saw this, I thought, you know what, maybe some of my people that follow miss this and give them a little something to distract themselves, which going on in the world. We're talking about the NFL. It's King football. Um, so I went ahead and retweeted it. No one responded to it. You know, usually you get those things. Come on, Packers 10, they're not going to win 10. That's easy money on the under, right? You get a lot of those things from your followers. No replies. Nobody retweeted. Not that I did it for, you know, for interaction. I, I don't give a damn how many people <laughs> retweet what I, if I, if I say anything or anything like that, but it did strike me as, Holy mackerel, NFL win totals, and no one um, just, uh, no, no one went forward as far as interacting with that tweet. That resonated. Hmm, interesting, yeah. And, uh, well, I will tell you, we'll probably have to take a look at these numbers and talk about that a little bit here in the coming week and, and get into at least what William Hill has put out as it pertains to the NFL. And now we're getting back to the quiet time. There's still free agents out there. There's still free agency, but... After the whirlwind of last week, the decision from Tom Brady, you got the NFL draft, that's a month away, but in the coming weeks, outside of a news and notes story here and there, last week, at least in the sports world, that free agency helped us out, and now for all intents and purposes, it feels like that's kind of over. 
Yeah, it does. I mean, as you mentioned, there's still a couple of names, and you know, if you whatever team you follow, of course, in your case, the Bears. I'm not sure if there's uh, there were a couple of Bears that were kicking the tires as far as you know free agency, whether they were going to leave the team. For, in, in my case, uh, I'm as you know a Broncos fan, and Derek Wolf's a guy that uh, I really think a lot of with Denver. He's a defensive tackle, and I think he's played a he's on the Super Bowl team. In fact, he's the last guy, believe it or not. How the how the game changes, right? Super Bowl 50, four years ago, and Derek Wolf is the only Bronco that's still on that wow. team. That's not that long ago, Trent. And he may not be on that team because he hasn't signed. So, you know, other than that, paying attention that way, the big names for the most part, we still got the quarterbacks. I mean, I, I don't know if, if uh, I saw Brian Hoyer signed with the Patriots. Does that mean that they're not going to do anything else? Are they going to go with Stidham uh, and, and Brian Hoyer? But, you know, Cam Newton's going to be out there. There's still a couple. Washington, do they n- need a quarterback? Still a couple of teams that may be out there uh, looking for that big-name quarterback, and that'll be something because quarterbacks move the needle, and if you don't have one, you don't have a chance. Um, but you're right. Other than that, it's you know it's now the countdown to April 20. 23rd uh when the um when when the draft is held it's uh yeah gonna be a whirlwind at least as it pertains to the way that's gonna set up there so help me out here i I don't know if you've read more about this at least the last that i read they're still going to do it from vegas but all the teams are going to be sitting in their conference rooms and calling it in is is that what the plan is right now or are teams actually going to go to vegas too that seems absolutely unplausible at this point yeah, Trent, I don't know that that's the case. And I saw some of the same stuff you did that they're still going to, there's, there's going to be no fans, obviously. And I mean, look, I get it that these guys, especially the first rounders, they want to be in the green room and they want to walk out when their name is called and, you know, hold up that number one jersey with, uh, with Roger Goodell and have that moment, um, that they've worked so hard to attain in their lives. You just can't do those things. I think the draft is going to be held by Skype. I really do. You know, 32 teams and how it's covered remains to be seen. But whether they do it in Vegas or not, I think that's a long shot. Boy, there's pictures of the strip in Vegas being closed and all the lights off. It's just eerie to see some of that stuff. Uh, I know that, you know, Vegas thinks that... The week before is their target. I think I saw something that hotels are now accepting reservations starting April the 17th. Whether they have to, you know, cancel those reservations remains to be seen or not. But I, I guess that's their plan. That's when they think that they'll be maybe not business as usual, usual, but perhaps allowing uh, people to, you know, to come out there and check into the rooms and experience Las Vegas. But as far as the NFL draft goes, Trent, I think it remains to be seen. I mean, look, the, the Olympics, they've got, no, they've got an easy decision to be made, but unfortunately it's being made a little, it's being a little bit more difficult than seeming common sense says it should be i mean these athletes can't train this isn't just one country this is a hundred and hundred plus countries that are in the throes of coronavirus so any i mean even the slimmest of possibilities that the olympics are going to be held this year i think it's uh, i think it's a pipe dream 
Um, I mean, good for my country, Canada. Yes. I don't know if they were first or not, but, you know, they have said, no, 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 we're, we're not coming. Whether they're held at any point in two, 2020 or not, we won't be there. And, and look, uh, Canada's going to win a, a few medals. It's not like the Olympics would be a huge loss with them. But I will say what I truly believe this is Canada is just going to be the first to say we're not coming. And there's going to be a list that follow very quickly. Um, postpone them for a couple of years, Trent. You don't, you, you, don't have to go back too far when the olympics the winter and the summer olympics were held in the same year you remember that i do yes. you know be winter olympics in the summer and and our winter olympics in the winter and summer olympics you know in august at some point so i did like it when they got off of that schedule when they you know winter olympics two weeks later or two weeks two mu- two years later the summer olympics and rinse and repeat i thought that that made it um i i the olympic experience certainly for for us um stand out a little bit because you weren't there was only one olympic cycle in a, in a current year but um, they're, they're not going to be held and, and good for, you know, for my country for being first in this case. I think they were first. If they're not, I stand to be corrected for saying, you know what, we're staying home. No, it makes a lot of sense. And I saw a couple over the weekend, some people had tweeted out from both the United States uh, Track Association and the swimming side letters from their governing bodies basically telling them, for all intents and purposes, it's not going to happen. You know, it just you think of these athletes and the way they train and the buildup that it takes just to get ready for late July, early August when they're going to Japan this year for the Olympics. And and those people can't get in the pool right now. You can't get in the pool right, right. now to do these kind of workouts that these athletes have to do. It's completely unlikely. That is completely, I think, off the table. And, and we'll see. I know Japan, they still want to to make it work, and the Olympic Committee still wants to make it work. But push it back a year. Push it, push it back to the summer of 2021. Yeah. I think that is the most plausible way that this is going to happen. I understand the money that is involved and everything else that goes into getting a games ready. But, boy, it just a little common sense from time to time makes sense. And hopefully we'll be getting that in the coming weeks from the Olympic Committee. And they just say, push it away. We don't need these people together, working out together, doing the type of no. things that just don't make sense. It's... I know it's a difficult decision. I get that, but common sense needs it is so needed at this time. No, it really is. And Trent, I read an article just before the before the show. Um, the the head of the U, uh, the CEO of the U.S. Olympics. It's a woman. I think she's based in Colorado Springs, which I believe is where the Olympic training the the headquarters are. But regardless of that, she wasn't willing to come out and say that uh, you know the U.S. is going to join and to postpone. They're going to, you know, play it by ear and watch how this plays out. She's not saying we're going, but uh, she certainly didn't want to proact. She seemed like she wanted to uh, to react to this announcement. So we'll see. I just think that there's no way that this is going to happen. You're right. It was. There's been a lot of money that's been injected. They spent uh, the the folks over there spent a ton of money building these new stadiums and getting ready for this. But look, it's not fair to the part of the for these athletes is the whole Olympic experience, right? It's it's marching into a filled stadium as part of your team behind the flag bearer. And waving your flags and everybody dressed in the, you know, the gear that, uh, uh, that represents your country. And it's the, it's the Olympic Village experience. It's everything 
that these uh, athletes have, you know, have got to experience in the past, and that's all going to be curtailed. So let's just push it back until 2022, hold the Summer Olympics at that time, come back with the Winter Olympics or uh, in February, I guess, of that uh, of that year, and then the Summer Olympics, and then get back on course. You know, two years from then, they hold the Summer Olympics, and four years for the winter, split them up. But you know what? This these times call for some of these decisions to be made. I mean, we're talking about basketball in August in the NBA or the NHL awarding its Stanley Cup sometime in September, which sounds ridiculous, and I hope that they come to their senses and just postpone those seasons. But, you know, when it comes to sports, Trent, and I'm kind of getting off on a rant here, but not a rant, but I'm kind of getting long-winded. It dawned on me this weekend just how many people have left the game of baseball. Baseball's boring. I can't watch baseball. Come on, you know, call me when it's the eighth inning or the ninth inning. The games are too long, blah, blah, blah. What would those folks do to be able to sit down in front of their TV and watch Cubs cards or Yankees Red Sox or whatever moves your needle? Um, I'm guessing that once baseball does come back and, and, and they may be the first and they may be the, the, the lone one, uh, lone, uh, sport on the sports stage. Can you imagine how much, uh, interest there all of a sudden will be in Major League Baseball that some people that the with some people that have left the game. Yeah, that first game back, whatever it is, even if it's a, a training game, an exhibition game before the season, you know it's going to do ridiculous numbers as we try to get some normalcy back here in the world. Speaking of normalcy, it wasn't very normal on the Condon TV yesterday. Had a lot of ESPN <laughs> ate the Ocho on the television. Watched a lot of that. Uh, some goofiness. They they had a game they called Hedis. It's guys with kind of like a volleyball on a table tennis table hitting the ball with their head back and forth and playing ping pong that way. I watched that for way too long. Watched some dodgeball yesterday. Oh, all kinds of just ridiculous competition. So a little bit of that. My other sports viewing, I watched, uh, I think of all the CBS games that they had, replaying national championship games, Duke-Kentucky Elite Eight. I did watch a little bit of that, but I was doing yard work most of the day on Saturday. It was for me, the national championship game from a year ago, Texas Tech uh, in the mm. matchup against Virginia. Watched a ton of that one yesterday. So did you flip over to CBS? Any college basketball for you? No, Trent, you know what? I, I tried. And uh, by the way, that Virginia-Texas Tech, I know latest is always the greatest, but man, that was a hell of a game, wasn't it? It was. That does that uh, that belongs on a lot of lists in my opinion. But you know, I tried my damnedest to do it, and I just I've never been able to watch a game where I know the outcome. I just I can't get into it. You know, I find myself, you know, not paying attention or flipping the channel. And I these were great games. Don't get me wrong; they were wonderful, wonderful, wonderful moments. And and I'm glad for you know the p- folks out there that uh, are able to do that and just uh, you know they have to watch something and and this is all they've got right now. I'm glad that they did it. But I personally, I just, I just can't do it. If I know the outcome of the game, if I know the shot's going to go in at the buzzer. Um, I'm out, and uh, I just I tried, but um, I couldn't do it. I, here's one thing I will say, though, along those lines. I don't follow Bill Self on Twitter, but a lot of people I follow on Twitter apparently do because Bill Self at some point yesterday, they must have been showing the Kansas-Memphis game during the afternoon because Bill Self was live tweeting yesterday what was going on during that game. Now, that's something I could have got into. You know, what strategy is he thinking at this point? 
what uh, what honestly was going through his mind? Did he think that there was a chance in hell that they were going to you know get that three off at the end to send it to overtime? Did they did he think that they were going to foul on the way up the floor as we all know they should have? Memphis, I'm talking about, uh, but that was pretty good that Bill Self was willing to do that. I know a lot of folks don't like him. Um, you know, they clearly Kansas has taken liberties over the years and they may pay a price for that in the weeks, months, years to come, or who knows? Maybe we'll forget all about that and just get back to sports and everybody will get a reset. But um, I thought that was cool. It really was. I'm right there with you. Seeing those uh, those retweets of that game in Kentucky Duke, we talked about that. In fact, last week a little bit, that regional final yeah. game, the Elite Eight game, and just how good it was. I uh, have that one on the DVR. didn't have a chance to watch it live, but that'll be part of the viewing for me. I, I still like going back to the old games. I guess we're we're built just a little bit differently there, and, and I have to do it a lot and go back in games that have already happened the night before. You're normally sitting there, and you're lazy boy, and you're good <laughs> to go. You're watching everything live, but as I'm out doing maybe a high school game or have something else going on, gymnastics class or something for the little one, I got a lot of DVR time. So I can turn off the phone, stay away from it, stay away from Twitter and everything else, and go back and watch games at 10, 11 o'clock at night. For you, though, that doesn't work because, well, you're sleeping by 11 o'clock. Yeah, by then I've usually cashed it. I will say this. You know the other thing that I thought was really, not cute, but I, I, I got a charge out of a little bit. I'm not sure if you saw the two young Kentucky fans. Obviously, they're, you know, dad's a hardcore Kentucky basketball fan. And he, his two kids, and I'm guessing they were, you know, seven and ten or eight and eleven. Some, and th- so they hadn't seen the Kentucky oh. Duke game, the finish of that game. So they're watching the game, and as we're about to see the history made at the end of it, the miraculous uh, length of the floor toss, and then the bucket at the end. He got his phone out and was filming his kids' reaction. And the kids were watching that like they were watching it live for the very first time. And the heartbreak that they experienced, even though this was a game that took place almost 30 years ago, was 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 neat to see. That is awesome. I, I like that one certainly a lot. Well, Ken, uh, before we get out of here, our first segment, we got Scott Dockerman coming your way in just a moment. KXNO and iHeartRadio wants to help people out there with your bills We're back to the keywords again, and right now your keyword for today is CALM, C-A-L-M, CALM. Text it to 200-200 right now. It's your chance to win $1,000. That's CALM to 200-200. You'll get a confirmation text and info. Standard data and message rates apply in this nationwide contest. Coming up on the other side, Scott Docterman from The Athletic. We'll talk Hawkeyes. We'll talk the world of sports. We'll talk whatever else comes up with Doc. That's coming your way as we continue. Taking you up until noon on a Monday. It's Miller and Condon, 1460 KXNO, and now 106 in building. Ken Miller, Trent Condon, Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM. FM. Well, this would be the weekend, uh, Ken. We would have just named a national champion in the sport of wrestling. <laughs> Iowa, the odds-on favorite. You know, we've talked so much about basketball, but and the men's side of things and missing the NCAA tournament. This one, though, has to sting. It just felt like this program had been building to this moment. Finally, getting back to the throne, they were the prohibitive favorite 
going into the NCAA wrestling tournament. Alas, it's not going to happen. And we talked last week about some of those simulations that were out there. I've been clicking on them and reading them, but now reading them a little bit more, and especially the wrestling ones over the weekend, that one stung me. It, it hit me hard in just thinking about the guys and the work that they put in. Yeah, it, I know some and some of the wrestlers I saw retweeting things and having fun as somebody got upset and they were having fun with it in, in the simulation. But but boy, that just the sting of that knowing you're never getting this season back. No, Trent, it's, uh, it has to be a blow for them. And, uh, look, you follow it a lot closer than I do. And Cody Goodwin, of course, with the Des Moines Register, does such a terrific job of, of chronicling it all. And, and most people that, you know, certainly uh, follow it very closely think that this was the Hawkeyes year. And sadly, we will we'll never know. But, uh, what, what could have been in so many certain areas. So this time tomorrow, Trent, as you know, we will be embarking on our first tour around restaurants in Central Iowa with this time tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And we're full up with restaurants tomorrow, but we do have some openings. If you want to talk about your restaurant, how you're trying to, you know, to keep afloat during these times, whether it's takeout or delivery or curbside pickup, uh, we're allowing, we're offering this free of charge to you to, you know, to come on our show, tell our audience what you do, how long you've been in business, what you specialize in. And for a lot of folks that then I'm assuming that uh, myself included, you, know, you pass by these in some cases every day to and from work, and you might not know it's there or you've always wanted to stop in, but we're going to make this uh, available to anyone out there that whether you manage a restaurant, whether you own a restaurant, simply email me, KenMillerShow at gmail.com, KenMillerShow, gmail.com. Email me. Tell me about your just what your name is, what your business is, a phone number where we can reach you. I will then put you on the uh, schedule for Thursdays. We're still filling up Thursday, but Trent and I are going to do this twice a week to begin. Tuesdays and Thursdays, if the need is there, we can certainly expand on that. And uh, again, we hope to do this for the weeks to come. Uh, no charge, no no catch, nothing. Just come on on, tell us what you're doing. We'd love to hear from you, and you can share uh, your message uh, with our audience on 1460 KXNO and 106.3 FM. Good stuff there. Scott Dockerman's with The Athletic. Always great stuff with Doc as he's writing still at The Athletic. And try to keep people entertained, try to get them through the day-to-day minutia of the world. Doc joins us here today on the BMW Des Moines guest list. And Scott, uh, starting things off, I began the conversation with Ken just over the weekend. I saw a lot of the simulations that are out there with the NCAA wrestling tournament. And unfortunately, all we have right now in the world of sports are simulations. But it hit me after a while. I enjoyed them. I got a kick out of reading through them, and, and maybe it was because Iowa was dominating in seemingly every one of these simulations. But then a little bit of sadness came over me just knowing that the chance to raise that trophy and the guys and the work the brands and all the wrestlers have put throughout the years, I don't want to say it's all for naught, but just a hollow feeling, at least for me as a fan over the weekend and, and knowing what these guys are wrestling through. Welcome in today, and uh, your thoughts on that wrestling team not getting their chance at the title. It's horrible. It really is. And, and I mean, there's everything associated with this situation is horrible. It's horrible for everybody, but they're, uh, you know, uh, in every aspect of life. But since we're talking sports, let's, let's, I'll keep it to that. And that is, you know, you, you, Tom Brands finally put together the type of team that he wanted, the type of team that could compete it and win a national title. It had the team that had the horses to do it. Uh, you had Spencer Lee, who was, and there's unless he tripped and broke his leg, uh, you know he was he, he was going to win that national title. And and not only that, 
even if he did trip and break his leg, he'd probably finish. You would have anyway. Or, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was just incredible. And, you know, but then you feel bad for people like Pat Lugo, you know, who was a senior, oh, yeah. uh, you know, Marinelli who was going for his first crown and, and he seemed to have Vincenzo Joseph's uh, number, you know, other than getting caught with one kind of bad move early in the year. He was, he was dominant there. Michael Kemmerer would have had a great match with Mark Hall, you know, for the kind of the rubber match. I'm sure they would have got to see each other on Saturday night. Uh, you know, and just so many other guys, you know, Austin DeSanto could have had a chance and Cassiope could have had a chance. I mean, just it, it's really heartbreaking for all of them. Incredibly frustrating for somebody like Tom Brands. Again, you know, Iowa is, is a powerhouse program, and, and historically it has been kind of, ha- you know, been the second second team, you know, to, to Penn State all these years, and they finally have the team, and, and they can't crown a champion. Scott Dockerman from The Athletic is our guest. Doc, I know that, uh, as, as Trent mentioned, you're still busy pumping out the content. Before we get to the Tom Arnold piece, and I want to get that in a second, uh, what, what is, how is The Athletic going to, you know, navigate their way through this? Uh, you guys have a phenomenal staff over there. I know that there's that 90 day trial period out there that, uh, that the website is, uh, available for, for first time users. If you've never signed up for it before, if you want to experience it for three months, I believe it is, uh, you can do so free of charge. But what have the people that you answer to at the athletic, what direction do they have you going in, Doc? You know, we're all still kind of doing everything we were doing before. I mean, we, we're not necessarily a day-to-day operation like uh, the, the magnificent newspapers around our state who are responsible for creating the or, and writing the uh, the news of the day and, and the rough draft of history. We're not quite in that area, so it doesn't affect us as much. So we do, but we do have to hit more of the feature angles and the enterprise projects. And we've got a couple of staff-wide projects that uh, we're uh, you know starting to write right now, and then uh, we'll have one that's humongous starting next week that everybody's really participating in. And then uh, you know on the basketball side, which I, I'm writing a basketball story this week, it's uh, you know what are the best basketball game uh, you know NCAA tournament games you've attended, and and I think mine's on Thursday and it's on Wisconsin Kentucky um, in 2000 uh, I think it was 15 uh, the NCAA tournament there in, in the Final Four, so. Uh, you know, we've got those types of things. I've got a few features I'm working on that are kind of big picture. And, uh, and so, you know, we, we're still doing some of those topics, but I'll be honest. I think everybody here was excited to be able to, to start working on, um, spring football. You know, today would have been pro day. Tomorrow we would have mm. talked to parents about the team. Wednesday practice would have started. We could have started analyzing, you know, talk to Spencer Petrus and get an in-depth interview about right. what he was. You know, all that stuff that now is kind of on hold. And, and that's the frustrating thing because I like to blend the current with the, with the history and the enterprise. And, you know, but, but we're still going to have great content, you know, whether it's, I, I'd hope people think that for what I write and then, of course, what other people write as well. Yeah, you mentioned the history angle, and there's going to be a lot more dives into the history of these teams. And, and looking back as we also look forward, you're over in eastern Iowa. We're here in central Iowa. It's just a, a wait-and-see process as we get through things. You mentioned spring football, and today would have been pro day, and we would have been getting ready for spring football. What do you anticipate happens? Let's just play for instance. We, of course, do not have the answers here. We're just playing it on the radio. But say everything is back. Football season's going to begin as normal, but there is no spring practice. Would you anticipate the NCAA 
maybe opens up their their summer practices, gives teams an additional week, two weeks, three weeks, something like that on the front end of things. How do you think this is going to play out with no spring football and trying to get these guys ready for the 2020 football season? Yeah, it's it's a really it's a guessing game right now. Um, I think we all are waiting until the the COVID is dissipated enough to where we could get on with our normal lives and and go to the mall and <laughs> do things like that. But as far as football, you know, comes out, I, I think let's. I, and I hope this is the case, but I doubt it. Let's say everything is pretty much all clear by Memorial Day. You know, I, I could see Iowa saying, you know, we we didn't have spring practice. Can we do something in the last two weeks of June, for instance, like a, almost like a, some of those high school camps. That would mm-hmm. be fair to me, you know. But you know, they they regard summer conditioning as very important. But I think you know, spring practice dwarfs summer conditioning because it's really conditioning when you're playing anyway. So I, I think that would be ideal for a team like Iowa and another team too. You know, to chart your practices. But, um, if not, you know, I don't know. I mean, do do they go the Fourth of July? And if that, do they get? Uh, you know, more weeks tacked on. I, I don't think that's healthy. I, I, I think that's a lot of football, a lot of practice, and you know, people get bored and injured. And you know, that's one of the things Kirk had even said that why he liked you know double day practices because if you're starting in late July, by the, about the third week, everybody just gets tired of it. So I don't know that more would be helpful, but I, I think if you get something in June. I think that would be beneficial, and it wouldn't hurt as much to, to Iowa and, and all the other programs, too. Well, fingers crossed, Doc. We're running short on time here, but I do want to get in this uh, the piece that uh, you caught up with, as you call him, uh, superfan Tom Arnold, and just what... You know, the Hawkeyes and, and, and in particular what Hayden Fry, uh, meant to so many people in this state. The really the turnaround, uh, for a lot of fans out there was the Hayden Fry era. It sure was, and it was for him. And he got really, uh, you know, he was, he became good friends with, uh, with Hayden Fry at that point. And I think, uh, you know, he, he but one, the one interesting part of it is I asked him what his favorite moment was at Iowa. And he said it was the when the the day when they uh, beat Georgetown to go to the Final Four, and he kind of mm. you know, described how <laughs> inebriated he got that day, but also just uh, <laughs> the joy that he experienced of you know we're going to the freaking Final Four, you know, and it's just uh, I, I think that's you know it, it's that era was such a Camelot era for Iowa athletics, and and Tom Arnold was really part of it, you know, whether he was on the Roseanne show, he's always wearing Iowa gear, always touting Iowa gear, you know, and he kind of became that token Iowa fan. And uh, so I thought it was kind of interesting to give him a call and see what he was doing. And, and you know, just in, in that day, he had to get a hat in the mail from Lisa Bluter, and uh, he was moving into a new house, and that was the first thing on his uh, mantelpiece above his fireplace, so... Uh, you know, it was it was really interesting to, to catch up with Tom about that. I love that one, Doc. Looking forward to diving into that one after the program today. As always, good catching up with you here on a Monday. We'll uh, we'll try to continue our conversations here going forward as there's always something to talk about in the world of Hawkeye athletics. Thanks for your time today, Doc. All right, thanks. Take care, guys. That's Scott Docterman with The Athletic. We're coming back on the other side. Dr. Stephen Fuller, another big Hawkeye fan a alum of the University of Iowa Dental School. 
what are dentists doing at this time? We'll talk about that. Of course, tomorrow we'll begin our series, Restaurant Radio, coming your way at 1030. Quick timeout, back with more on the other side. It's Miller & Condon, 1460 KXNO, and now 106. Get hope, hopelawfirm.com. All right, welcome back. It's the final segment of our program, or the first hour of the program. So lots to get to in hour number two. Look at catching up with Dylan Montz as he says farewell to the uh, newspaper industry, covered Iowa State uh, for the last oh, handful of years and was certainly a big part of where Trent and I uh, were on, uh, on the uh, radio dial. And uh, we'll catch up with Dylan to kick off hour number two. But right now, as we talked about so many businesses really coming up with tough decisions and businesses that are, are what I would classify as essential clearly we know the doctors are but it dawned on me as i was uh, exchanging texts with uh, my friend dr stephen fuller uh who's a dentist and we know has a couple of locations east 29th street of course 8th street in altoona uh that that it must be difficult for dentists and i know a lot so there's some of them that are going to certainly limit their hours and close some businesses some are have gone to the point where you stay in your car till it's time for you to move into the chair and once you get a text message of us you'll come right through the front door and into the chair and boom when you're done you'll leave but doc is uh as you know i'm good to talk to you dr fuller i appreciate you coming on it was only a couple of weeks ago that I showed up in your chair in excruciating pain. And when I realized that, you know, some dentists were going to, you know, sh- shutter the doors and get through this, on one hand, I certainly understand it, but it's what you know, the decision they have to make with their staff. But, Doc, I couldn't have ma- imagined trying to get through this next period of time with the pain that I was in. How difficult is a decision for you uh, to keep your doors open or to shutter them? Well, it's a difficult decision. I mean, you know, as I sat staff down on Friday and told them, you know, things are changing hour to hour, day by day, you know, it's just, it's crazy. I mean, uh, we've never experienced this, and we hope we never have to experience it. And as I tried to tell them, you know, we're going to uh, start training a little bit different and uh, use the time down downtime to uh, do some extra little things here and there and to uh, get our uh, continuing education credits out of the way since uh, the state uh, uh, IDA Association, the Iowa Dental Association, canceled the state convention. So, you know, we're going we're to come out of this, and we're going to, you know, uh, we'll be better for it. And, uh, you know, I'm not saying we're business as usual, but uh, we are seeing emergencies, and, and we would have thought you can, and we would have yep. worked out, a, you know, uh, get you to an endodontist or an oral surgeon and and uh, we're following the uh the Iowa Dental Board's uh protocol. So doc this is as you mentioned this is for the most part you know emergencies patients of yours who were in pain if somebody's got the is due for their 6 month cleaning those are going to be I would assume and correct me if I'm wrong you're you're going to push those back and, and only see patients that really need uh, immediate care for a problem in their mouth. Is that what I'm hearing, Doc? That's correct. I mean, uh, we aren't business as usual. We aren't going to do recall appointments, meaning uh, the cleanings and things like that. Those are, you know, somewhat elective. Uh, and, you know, uh, we can push those down. And, and that's one of the things that we're going to, you know, get our staff trained uh, better on and, uh, 
have our, you know, our hygienist and our part-time hygienist, when they are able to start doing it, we'll be geared up and, and, uh, so we can, you know, I don't want to say rapidly see them, but see them at a better flow. Uh, Dr. Stephen Fuller, fullerdental.net is our, is our guest. Uh, doc, the, um, you as you shared with me last uh, over the weekend when we spoke, and we when I you know just asked you about what your plans are, you said to me that um, most of your patients are a incredibly grateful that you're still open, and once the procedure's over, are actually thanking you for staying open and looking uh, looking after them in their time of need with their the problem they've got in their mouth. Uh, that had to play a role in. You know, to your decision process is what you're going to do. When you see patients come through the front door and when they, uh, you know, one of your patients actually thanks you for the procedure that you just, you know, performed on them, uh, I, I'm guessing that that played uh, at least a role in your decision as to what to do and not just yours, but dentists all across central Iowa. Well, you know, this practice has been open, you know, was founded by my uh, father uh, back in 1963. So, you know, a lot of the patients are older patients and we're seeing their kids and grandkids and things like that. And, and we're quasi family, you know, and uh, so it's not as if we're taking this coronavirus lightly. Well, that's Dr. Stephen Fuller as we wrap things up here. Trent and um, we just lost Doc Fuller, but anyways, that uh, you know he's, he's one of the, he's one of many, right? That are wrestling with this decision, and mm-hmm. I wanted to uh, reach out and uh, get uh, get my friend Doctor Fuller. Look, he's been very good to our show. All the Hawkeye tickets that he's provided us over the last few years, I'm grateful him to that. So the second hour of the program is coming up. Dylan Mons from the Ames Tribune, uh, he will stop by next. We will get uh, we'll recap Dylan's career. He's done a big piece, a lengthy piece on spring football. Should we ever get to that point? That was his last assignment for the Ames Tribune. We're going to take a look back at this day in sports and got some stuff before we get out of here at noon. Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO and 106.3.